Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Layover Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to be the first to listen, go to thelayover.com and to submit your story. I can't believe we're already in December. Go to thelayover.com slash submit. I feel like this month went by super quickly, but we are on to December with a brand new theme, endings. But without further ado, for the last story of November, in episode 27, Natachi Mez shares a story about her evolutionary relationship with hair and how she's moved from feeling shame and self-doubt to having a full-blown love affair. I hope you all enjoy episode 27 as much as I did. Natachi is an incredible storyteller. Like hair, we be conditioned. 1997, the year of my birth. I came out of the womb with 24-inch braids gleaming from my newborn scalp. My former residence, dark, wet womb was outfitted with nimble hands. I'm talking about hairdressers on standby for the breaking of waters. They knew birth was a big deal. No way they would let me come into the world looking raggedy, looking undone. But of course, my baby pictures betray this origin story. But my history with protective styles seems to age almost as far back as I do. Hair bands and knockers, ponytail extensions. Among my earliest memories of getting my hair braided includes my auntie plating my hair in intricate cornrows and then crocheting extensions in and out of the weave. Other memories include a too big chair and running mouths always complaining that my hair was too thick, too coily, too stubborn. Other memories, my butt sitting on the floor of our neighbor's home, people I called auntie and cousin, people I loved, multiple hands in my head, my sister's hair being done simultaneously in the same room, picks, combs, grease, trinity, my hair lengthened with kinekalon, dipped in boiling hot water, steam condensing on my frightened neck, getting my hair braided was akin to baptism. Consider the names of the Nigerian women who have come to bless my head. There was a blessing. She made my scalp an amen. Nollywood films burst out from her television. I came for my hair to get done, but I was also always fed. Rice and stew. This communion. Then years later, a woman named Hope did my hair. And then years later, my hair was done by a woman named Faith. Holy, holy. My scalp a church. But even a church knows sin. Despite my head being the sight of holy hands, my head was still a stranger to me. In my house, if my hair was not braided, it was considered undone. My braids were strategically taken out by the time the next hair appointment was already on the calendar. There was hardly a chance for my natural hair to come up for breath. Somewhere amidst the holiness, I learned my natural hair to be indecent, unpresentable, incomplete. What mercy was I to find when my own hair seemed to be a forbidden fruit that was never far from me? I think now of an excerpt from Malcolm X's speech. Who taught you to hate the color of your skin? Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? The teachings were everywhere. But still, love was never far from me. The summer before going to college, was the longest time that I could remember in my adolescence where I had my natural hair out. 
No braids, no extensions. I grew closer to my hair through touch. I would lose my hands in my coils, my fingertips leaving traces of oil from my scalp to my phone screen. Before going to college, Hope did my hair. Long black braids, color 1B flowing down my back. And then the time would come when the braids would age and I knew, I knew there was no appointment to make. I am not in my family home. If my natural hair being out was undone, I gave myself permission to be undone. So I transitioned from my braids to my natural hair. I loved bantu knots and braid outs, twist outs, cornrowing parts of my hair for an asymmetrical style. I spent so much time sitting on the carpeted floor of my dorm room in front of my mirror, the mixture of coconut oil and shea butter beside me, listening to the audio of Pride and Prejudice or whatever required readings I had at that time. There was a joy I had in styling my hair. My hair. Greasing it. Moisturizing it. In many ways. It felt like a ritual of self-love. Yet shame was still conditioned into my hair practices. I felt shame twisted into each bantu knot that was done mostly for the purpose to lengthen and curl my hair. I grew tired. Tired of this effort. Always effort. And I don't know when the need to always twist and then twist out stopped. But soon enough, I was spending less time sitting on the carpeted floor in front of my mirror. Soon enough, it was mostly me and water and fingers and fluffing and moisturizing. It was simple. Me and my 4C teeny weeny afro. Sometimes I got my hair cut, tapered sides. Or I rocked colorful head wraps gifted to me by my sister. My relationship with my hair had transformed so much than what it had been in high school. What kind of baptism was this? What kind of death had to happen to get here? The natural hair movement was the backdrop. An ever-present love of blackness was the backdrop. Exhaustion was the backdrop. Curiosity was the backdrop for me to see and understand and build a relationship with my hair as it had grown out of my head but my mother had not yet been baptized in the same waters. 3,000 miles away from home, my mom and I would talk on the phone. From how are you to have you eaten, my mom would eventually drift into asking about my hair, begging me to get it done. And while I'm sure these pleas were born from love, it would be then that I would remember. I'm in the library, that I have homework, that I have something better to do than listen to this rejection of my hair than to ingest the same shame I was still trying to shampoo out of my scalp. But like hair, we be conditioned. And my mom was conditioned to beauty standards that were often tools of survival. But I no longer wanted to dwell in the master's house. I wanted that house dismantled. After I graduated from university in 2019, I spent a significant time back home. And it seems like in that first year after graduation, I already had more braided styles than I did in four years of being in college. Yet my relation to my hair is drastically different. Before I began to get braids again, I called my sister. I wasn't sure if I was ready for braids. My natural hair became a firm statement to my mom. And I didn't want braids to be a return to shame and codependence. I didn't want my mom to think that braids were the only way my hair could be considered done. My sister reasoned with me. 
making me reflect on my relationship with my hair. For me, getting braids was not an erasure of my hair transformation. And I don't want to do anything merely for the sake of living, for the sake of opposition. I don't want my choices to just be a performance of agency. I want to choose. And the truth is, I love braids. Braids are a holy lineage, a reflection of community. Braids have been tools of survival from maps being woven into the scalps of black women to seeds being braided into hair of black women during forced migrations. Braids have been a form of nourishment, planting, of cultivating home, even for a stolen people. I still know there is much healing to be done in my relationship to beauty. But even so, holiness is never far from me. So blessed be the hands that have known my head. Knowing hands, nimble fingers, blessing, hope, faith, my mother's hands, auntie's hands, 123rd and Frederick Douglass Boulevard hands, Liberian hands in Ghana, Nigerian hands in Nigeria and America, hands of new friends, making a party of detaching braids, my hairstyles are a map. Blessed be my hands and my scalp and each coil that springs to life from my head. 1997, the year of my birth. I came out the womb, brown baby with a soft fro, still moist from nature's baptism, a whole being, not undone, not unfinished, precious, complete, maybe the closest to God I've ever been complete child i am making my way back to you thank you all so much for listening to episode 27 of the layover podcast to find more from natachi mez you can go to instagram.com slash n-a-t-a-c-h-i dot l-i-f-e as always thank you so much for listening if you subscribe to the podcast Make sure to leave a review, like, share, all of it helps so much. If you go to thelayover.com submit, you can submit your story for December. We are talking about endings. I feel like it is very fitting for a hell of a year. And if you're not already subscribed to our newsletter, we send one out every week. Go to thelayover.com. We are so thankful for this community and can't wait to see what stories December brings. See you all next week.